Chapter Six, Part One of Shores of the Polar Sea, a narrative of the Arctic expedition of eighteen seventy five to six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in April two thousand twenty. Shores of the Polar Sea by Edward Lawton Moss. Chapter Six part one end of twilight moonlight daily life in winter quarters condensation breakfast morning prayers outdoor work exercise the ladies mile a walk to flagstaff point sounds from the pack optical phenomenon dinner our cat pops Occupation during winter. Mock moons. Sally. The darkness. Twilight at midday ceased on 9th November. That is to say, the sun never afterwards came within 28 degrees of the southern horizon. Such a definition of twilight is as convenient as any other, and has the advantage of being familiar to some people at least, as it is that which usually regulates the firing of the morning gun in garrison towns after this date nothing but a faint violet glow towards the south not bright enough to hide the stars and that too lessening every day marked the whereabouts of the midday sun we were not at once left in darkness however for the moon rose and for ten periods of twenty-four hours one cannot call them days climbed and then declined spirally through the heavens she again visited us three times before twilight returned each time giving us the benefit of full moon indeed without her cheerful visits winter darkness would have been almost unendurable during the intervening periods of darkness next moonlight was looked forward to in much the same way that schoolboys look forward to holidays a diagram made by captain nares and hung up on the lower deck representing the daily position of the moon during the absence of the sun was constantly consulted in this far northern region man is as much influenced by the moon as his celebrated ascidian ancestor on the tidal beach her advent inaugurates a period of intermittent vitality then was the time to build snow-houses to collect fresh ice for culinary purposes and to repair the banking up of the ship it was only then that it was possible to leave the beaten track marked out for daily exercise and wade towards cairn hill or flagstaff point or tobogging down thermometer hill or guy fox hummock when the moon left us exercise collapsed into a monotonous two hours routine up and down up and down the measured line of preserved meat tins relieved here and there by an empty barrel by way of milestone a treadmill would have been a pleasing exchange especially if it was made the means of supplying an electric light during exercise hours anyone acquainted with arctic literature does not need to be told that a polar winter cannot be safely passed without strict discipline routine must extend even to the smallest domestic affairs 
some people would never go to bed and others would never get up if there was nothing special to make them and constant darkness is so enervating that few if any would keep up a steady healthful amount of exercise without routine let us take a single day as an example of life in winter quarters on waking in the morning one's first sensation is that there is a chilly spot somewhere amongst the blankets a drip of condensation from the cold deck overhead has found its way through the waterproof or rug spread like a canopy to intercept it this condensation is one of the greatest nuisances we have to contend with its chief sources are our breath evaporation from damp clothes and culinary operations but there are many others all the oil used in our lamps and every candle we burn is converted into nearly its own weight of water and must condense somewhere it either falls in large drops well colored with candle and lamp smoke or reserves itself for warmer weather by freezing in all the nooks and crannies overhead and at our side a little press close to the bed holds our summer boots a number of glass instruments for chemical experiments and some spare candles but we have just discovered that the whole set of articles are embedded in a solid block of ice formed by repeated condensation an odor of kindling coal floats into the cabin as the wardroom stove is lit and warns us that it is time to get up some minutes elapse before the chilled flue will draw hence the odor toilet is not a lengthy operation a tub is a weekly luxury for water means fuel the men have already breakfasted and are clearing up the decks the plates cups and saucers are cheerfully rattling on our mess table and our next-door neighbor kindly warns us not to be late as curried sardine day has come round again a large mess tin of cocoa is simmering on top of the stove and the baker has treated us to the unusual luxury of hot rolls at ten o'clock the men muster round a tub of lime juice mixed with warm water and each man's name is marked off as he drinks his allowance then all hands parade on deck for inspection everyone is dressed alike in yellow sealskin cap and coat sealskin or duffel trousers long carpet boots with thick cork soles keep the feet well off the snow and are especially comfortable over two pair of lamb's wool socks and a pair of fur slippers when the officers have inspected their detachments and reported all mustered the chaplain reads the collect for the day and a brief prayer by the light of an engine-room oil lamp hung from overhead all join in the familiar responses and the beautiful words of the prayer for the navy sound more than ever applicable to our special circumstances the scene is a striking one the dim yellow light the composed fur-clad men the awning draped in feathery pendants of ice and the trampled snow on deck make a picture not easily forgotten immediately after prayers all hands are told off to the work of the day the declinometer house is closed up with a snowdrift and has to be dug out ice has to be dug out with picks from the top of a floeberg and drawn on a sledge on board to be melted for drinking cooking and washing the water thus obtained is only too pure frozen sea-water in spite of theory 
remains salt but the upper strata of the floebergs are pure snow condensed into ice then there are some stores to be drawn on the strong working sledge from markham hall and the blacksmith and his assistants have a number of shovels to repair for strong as they are they won't stand levering out blocks for snow-houses at one o'clock the men go to their dinner and before hours there is yet an hour and a quarter we cannot stay on board for the wardroom is occupied by an energetic party rehearsing for theatricals we have just time for a good smart walk in a few minutes we are equipped with long mitts some people call them elbow bags slung round the neck and a substantial muffler tied sashwise over one shoulder as a reserve in case of necessity on first going into the open air there is a faint odour like that of green walnuts it is difficult to say what is the cause of it it is not always noticeable and does not coincide with the darkest staining of the ozone tests the measured half-mile is already full of figures tramping along some singly some in pairs some fast others slowly but all keeping to the beaten track for elsewhere the snow is soft and the ice is hillocky let us for sake of variety take advantage of the waning december moon and visit flagstaff point it is only a mile and a half northwards but the deep snow will keep us beyond our time unless we wear snowshoes the sloping shore hills are barred with sastrugi wind-made ridges of snow but the abrupt scooped-out rifts between them are smoothed over with fleecy powder in gentle undulations like the swell of a sea the crests of the snow waves are often marked with long sinuous lines of black dust blown from uncovered spots a short alpenstock is useful to feel the way we carry no arms for we are beyond the region of the sea bear the fierce creature depicted on our crockery is altogether out of place but then everyone supposed when we left england that the far north was chiefly characterized by abundance of bears brilliant aurorae icebergs and eskimo the point is marked by four barrels supporting a flagstaff beyond it lies a seemingly level plain between a wall of pack ice and the mouth of our north ravine the temperature is sixty-seven degrees below freezing but it is perfectly calm and not too cold to rest for a moment or two in this icy wilderness there is an overpowering sense of solitude which adds greatly to the weird effect of moonlight on the floebergs fantastically shaped and vague there is complete silence but it is broken every now and then by sudden unearthly yells and shrieks from the still moving pack harsh and loud as a steam siren but unlike anything else in art or nature as we return to the ship our attention is caught by a brilliant star so close to the rough and indistinct horizon that it looks as if someone was carrying a lantern on the floes as we watch it it moves at first but a little but afterwards in long curves like the sweep of a goshawk it took us some time to find out that the motion was an optical delusion most distinct when no other stars were near the cheery sound of the first dinner gong has brought every one in off the ice 
and as we enter the ship we find a group of our messmates brushing each other down with a housemaid's brush for one must be careful not to carry any snow into the warmth below a lantern lights the way into a snow hall built over the hatchway we open the inner door a rush of cold air precedes us down the ladder and we descend in a cloud of vapour like an olympian deity for a moment the changed atmosphere and a suspicion of tobacco smoke makes us cough and the glare of lanterns and lamps dazzles there must be no delay in taking off our sealskins they are already moist with condensation and a cold steam streams from them to the floor little lumps of ice on the eyelashes and brows soon melt but a solid mass cementing beard and moustache together resists even warm water for a time hair about the mouth is a nuisance in the arctic regions and every one keeps close cropped our vice-president's two sharp taps on the table announce grace he will wait for no one when the soup is cooling and quite right too our dinner is the same as the men's a piece of salt meat left from yesterday rechauffé preserved meat there is a discussion whether the pie is mutton or beef preserved potatoes and preserved onions we shall have carrots to-morrow lime juice replaces beer for the latter has become a rare luxury reserved for birthdays and other state occasions presently someone throws a good conversational fly if it is very successful a brisk controversy follows the subject is immaterial all are more or less exhausted and none is prescribed except theology it is wonderful how many subjects became theological before the end of the winter we have laid in a small stock of wine which allows us to have two glasses of sherry or madeira with dinner when that is disposed of conversation flags and the table is soon cleared as soon as the cloth which looks as if it had been used before is removed our white cat springs upon the table and seats herself in the centre with all the assurance of a spoiled pet it is not a little strange that both she and ginger her sister forward in the men's quarters as well as the eskimo dogs and even nelly the black retriever suffered from epileptiform fits before winter was over pops got so strangely feeble that she could not spring upon a chair without several efforts but when summer came and we got her a little fresh meat she recovered perfectly and returned with us in safety to england after dinner was a quiet time to write up journal to read or to work at some experiment or observation certain instruments had to be registered every hour and sometimes even every ten minutes day and night and fair registers of such observations occupy not a little time one or two who have work to do at night put in a couple of hours comfortable sleep before tea is announced at six o'clock then follows school on the lower deck when it is over and the officers have dismissed their pupils the musician of our mess whose good fellowship is equal to his skills treats us to a little of his exhaustless fund of music strange to say our piano still keeps excellent tune in spite of the heavy seas that swept the wardroom crossing the atlantic and many a severe freezing since a game of chess or a rubber in the captain's cabin concludes the evening 
End of chapter 6, part 1